Hey, welcome back. This is episode three of the podcast, and the episode title of this episode is Passion in All Things 100% You. All right, let's dive right into this episode, uh, starting with finding yourself versus building yourself. Um, these two things are obviously see they obviously seem pretty similar, but there's a lot between them that you can find that are really, really different. So the difference in finding yourself versus building yourself is you obviously can find yourself in the world, like where you think you're at, but you first have to really set a foundation by building yourself in order to find yourself. So it's like you can't just have either or. It's like you have to start out with building yourself up first before you can find yourself. Um, and that's where a lot of people get things confused and take the wrong steps with that. Because if you try to find yourself without trying to build upon yourself and what you want to be, it's like <laughs> it's like meaningless. Because um, you, you don't really have anything to latch on to or to like build off of obviously, because you're trying to find yourself in that, in that way. Um, and then going into passions, um, obviously passions can be, there's a wide variety of passions from hobbies, careers, jobs, um, activities, after school activities, um, clubs that you're in, um, anything, anything that brings you joy, anything you find yourself wanting to do, and it doesn't feel like a chore or like that you're forced to do. Um, okay, starting off with hobbies. I know that one of my favorite hobbies is probably either drawing, um, exploring. I love driving. Um, I love driving to new places. It's like my favorite thing ever. Specifically driving in the country it is so nice, especially when it's like really warm out. Because I can, because my car has like a, um, convertible roof so I can obviously um put that down um but I like driving I like drawing I really like um planning things going places stuff like that um and I also really like this kind of ties into drawing and kind of like just art art in general oh and also music um so pretty much my hobbies are more art related so you can group like if you find yourself liking things that are similar, then you obviously know that you have like strength in that field. Like for me, it's like drawing art, uh, drawing art and music, which is all art, um, art and creative uh, related. So that is good. Um, and then to careers, I know there are a bunch of careers out there. You could basically pick anything (laughs) that you like um personally I really like some things I like um that tie into like my personality is I like things that are more like research-based like science and um psychology and um sort of like medical stuff um so I pretty much like things that like to be that are like proven or fact fact based stuff as well as like the arts um it's kind of hard to like decipher which i would rather do um like since they're both like 
pretty opposite things. Like one is more logical and one is more imaginative, like art versus science. Um, but it's pretty cool to um, incorporate both. So art and um, science, which is why I would like to pursue a career in psychology next year, hopefully, <laughs> if that's what I stick with. Um, and then jobs, personally, again, jobs of like psychology would be like a psychiatrist or a musical therapist, any kind of therapist. You can, you can do a lot. Um, your, your specific career, like whether it's something in a small field can be very, um, like spread out. You can, you can do a lot with your, your degree more than you would think. I know that, (laughs) I know that I was shied away from, from doing psychology and that might be, that might be true. Um, I might, it might not be too terribly good at an idea to do psychology as my major for like trying to find a potential job in the future, but it's something that I'm really passionate in and something I really want to pursue. Um, only because people are worried about the future, um, like jobs or like finding a job or something that I like is difficult with something like psychology as, as opposed to like business or math or, What's another? There's a, I think psychology is pretty low on the list of jobs that are available right now. So you have to find something that's pretty common and a lot of people that are striving for, um, to have that, like, um, certain job. You obviously don't have to do that. Like, I know a lot of people that have gone for something that, um, they're, they weren't, as interested in only because I didn't think they could get a job in the specific uh, field that they were hoping to major in. Um, and you obviously don't have to like um, major and minor in like two nest like two of like the most comparative things. So you can basically do whatever you want with that as long as it's Ultimately, it should just be something that you enjoy, um, something you enjoy and something you, you, if, if, like, theoretically, if you weren't paid for it, you would still enjoy doing it. That is something that is key for that. And the next topic I want to talk about is fixed versus growth mindset. I know we've all heard this before, pretty much. Um, it probably was ingrained in your head in middle school or middle school or later elementary school um it I think it was part of like the curriculum to teach uh students how to transform their fixed either their fixed mindset to the growth mindset um if they if they had the fixed mindset because it allows transforming from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset obviously allows a lot more growth as that's why it's called that Um, and it helps you stay more, like, open-minded. Um, but yeah, that was another thing that I like. It's also very different from, obviously now, transforming your brain from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset in high school is a lot different than trying to do it in middle school. 
obviously with different circumstances, different environmental factors, stuff like that, um, it can either be easier for one person or harder for the next person. It kind of depends, but we all can see that having a fixed mindset stops your ability to grow within that, which is, um, which is why it was part of a curriculum to develop students to get that growth mindset. And I think the illustration that came with that was like, it was also, it was, it seemed like a, like a drawing of like a hole. And then I think it was like fixed mindset was in the pit of the hole and then growth was like coming up and out of it. So that was a good illustration for that. Um, and then onto the next topic the effects of following following in someone else's footsteps. I think following in someone's else someone else's footsteps can be mostly a negative thing. Um, obviously, things can have positive sides, even if they are very small. Um, I think that personally, following in someone else's footsteps can really affect how you behave, how you. <clears throat> how you strive for things, how you perceive things, and how you want to perceive things. Um, and my example is really, I have two examples. It's me and my sister. So starting off with me, I know that early on in my high school, I really wanted to follow the footsteps of people that were older than me. Um, I really wanted to like prove myself to my parents a lot, which is why I... <laughs> stayed really, really on top of my grades. I wanted to prove my, I felt like I needed to prove myself to my parents to get these good grades and make them happy to get that gratification. Um, and then also like following in anyone's footsteps can mean a variety of things. I also used it as, um, trying to act like other people, trying to dress like other people, trying to develop people's mannerisms, um, trying to get good grades like other people, a lot of other stuff, um, which definitely took a negative toll on me. Um, I tried to fit in so bad that eventually I was, I felt so awful at myself that I had to um, do something about it. Um, you have to, I think following in someone else's footsteps, footsteps also, um, seems like a last resort thing, especially when you're trying to find yourself. It is so incredibly hard to get out of that. Um, due to personal experience, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, and then on to my second example with my sister, I can, okay, so I know ninth grade is terribly difficult, um, both socially, academically, and mental and emotionally. Um, it is very, very hard. Jumping from middle school to high school is, it, it honestly didn't feel that much of a jump physically. Like, I fit in fine. I personally fit in fine. Um, got along with people, got to my classes, figured it all out. Didn't seem that different, but as it progressed, um, longer, I felt the need to, like, dress a totally different way than I did in middle school. I had so much of these 
um, worries and biases and baggage that I felt that I had to carry on through my middle, through my, from my later middle school days to my early high school days, um, and on from that as well, um, I felt just a lot more aware of things that I felt that I didn't necessarily need. It felt like a lot of negative stress on myself. And I can see that on my sister sometimes. Um, I know that she's basically doing the exact same things that I'm doing. And it sucks because I just want to, like, help her. I want to drag her out of that, like, potential hole that she's getting dug into. Um, but I know it's it's you have to let people be with that kind of thing, especially earlier on. Because they have to figure out, honestly, have to, people have to just figure things out for themselves. Uh, you can counsel them on stuff like that, but it's, like, very difficult to drag people out of a hole that they have to learn from, um, experiences they have to learn from. Like, it's like, um, it's like when you fail at something, you learn from that situation, and then next time you're much better at that. It's like that, but a lot more complex in this situation, and obviously a lot more time consuming. Um, and then the next topic I want to talk about is individuality. Um, I know I struggled with this. I know a lot of people struggle with this, um, especially earlier on in their life. Um, I personally didn't really develop that much. I kind of went into like waves of this. Um, in elementary school, I felt very, <laughs> very true to myself, um, very unique. I wasn't I don't think I necessarily was bullied or put down for anything. I know I used to talk a lot. Um, I know my teachers used to complain to my parents at school conference meetings about how much I used to talk in class. Um, but I was such a happy child back then. It wasn't, nothing was like an issue with that. But it feels like nowadays you get judged for the smallest things that can like diminish your individuality. Um, and I know that from ninth grade, I was at my lowest point of my individuality, but I've, I've, I've tried to build that back up. Um, uh, I've specifically tried to build it up with how I dress, how I act, what I do, what I think. Um, I think that's most important, especially if, if it's something you want that other people don't want that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you more of an individual. Um, and I know that it's so hard to just want and act on something that you want, even if it's not something necessarily that anyone else wants. Um, but you have to realize that no one, no one really cares that much as you'd think. Um, not a lot of people worry too much about what other people are doing because they are focusing on themselves. Um, and if they are focusing on you, that's not your problem. And it's not your fault. Um, that is something they personally have to figure out by themselves. Um, nothing that anybody else does is reflecting on you or ever reflects on you because that is their problem. Um, I know that took me a lot of time to figure out by myself. Um, and it, obviously has taken a lot of time for me to figure out myself throughout my high school years. Um, but it is a very, very good point to understand. 
Um, and then on to my next topic of the power of mindset. I did talk about this a little bit in episode two, but um, obviously mindset is very strong. Uh, it basically, the way you think about things can literally trigger anything. Um, you can shape a lot of your your day, your mood, your experiences, and the way you process things, the way you think about things. Um, if you're a really like positive person, it is so easy to have a good day. It is so easy to have a, an awesome day and get to possibly positively reinforce yourself with good stimuli. Um, but on the other side, if you're a very negative person, it is really easy to have a bad day. Um, and that is something that is very tough to get out of. Um, I know that most days at school, I struggle with a negative mindset. Sometimes I walk into class. I don't feel like talking to anyone. It's not, I kind of set up myself for a bad day most times. Um, and then that creates like a negative environment in that class. And then I don't feel like going to the class and just snowballs. And then I'm, it's, it feels like all that negativity is pushed towards school, which is obviously not a good mindset to have, um, considering you're there like five days a week. Um, and then you get the weekend, but like it's still a lot of your time, it's the majority of your time. Um, but yeah, getting out of that, getting to a more positive outlook on things can definitely positively um, influence and help your life in the future, and in the present. And then I also have, there are a lot of diagnostic quizzes of passions and interests. Um, I do have a, I think I had a couple diagnostic quizzes, but there are plenty of others on the internet that you can use. Um, sometimes there's uh, quizzes that can pick out, like you tell them your interests or your passions, and they can help you find a career. Um, I've taken quite a few of these because I have not been too terribly sure of what I wanted to major in for the past four years. Well, more like the past 17 years because um, <laughs> I've also struggled with that for the longest time. Um, but you can definitely find anything that you're passionate about in any of these online quizzes online. Alrighty. And then I do have a couple tips on trying to help you find your passion, like steps. So the first step of my little um, notes that I wrote down is the first thing is loving everything you do. From this moment forward, if you don't like something, you can either stop it, you can either stop doing it or love it. That is kind of like a positive reinforcement. Um, even if you don't necessarily like the task, you it's your choice to either hate it or love it by fake it's like faking it to you make it um if you create a more positive outlook on something you don't necessarily like enjoy or like or enjoy doing it can definitely switch that around and you could end up really liking that specific thing and then by doing the things you love you strengthen your passion muscles which helps great habits and routines you can either start to train your brain to find exactly what you love doing and and or or 
um, training your brain to be more positive, which is the summary of what I just said. Um, and you can't expect to love what you do if you spend a majority of time doing something you hate and then the rest of your time doing what you love. If you end up doing something for the, uh, your majority of your time that you hate, it is really hard to find yourself enthusiastic enthusiastic about something you love after a draining day of something you don't necessarily like. Um, and then another point I want to make is that if you can't change what you're doing, you can still change how you are doing it. That's also another tip on how to find something you love. And then tip number two, uh, what do you already spend a lot of time on? All right. So even if your hobby or time waster isn't necessarily positive, it can still be something you're pretty passionate about. Um, an example of that can be spending time on social media. Can could indicate that you're passionate about technology, fashion, digital art, or anything related to that. Um, you can really your passion can basically be from literally anything you do. Um, you just have to look deep enough into things that you do every day to find something you really enjoy doing. Um, like, it doesn't even have to be something as obvious as, like, personally, I like drawing, <clears throat> so that could indicate that I like art. It could be like, oh, I like, um, I like helping my my friends with my with their homework, which c- could indicate that you like. Some, that you like something in teaching or counseling or um, anything with like consumer sciences, anything like that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something so um, in your face, if that makes any sense. Um, another pointer, you can consider what you spend your money on. Uh, what you spend your money on, your free time on, and what motivates you to deter your focus from one task to the next. Um, so something like even a hobby or your passion can be something that motivates you to do something else. Um, like for an example, if you really enjoy extracurricular, it can be like oh, I'm going to do this assignment in class so I get to my after-school program early or so I can get to do this later. Um, So something that you do other things for in order to get closer to that specific activity you want to do. And then also, can you see long-term plans for that specific idea or topic? So could you see yourself majoring in this or could you see yourself... Um, pursuing something like this or wanting to do this for no pay kind of thing, like I said earlier. Um, And then another reminder is our passions are often irrational and war with logic and reason, which is why you need to focus most on your heart and physical body when exploring um, potential passions. And then my third tip is what do you love talking about, learning about, or teaching about? So right off the bat, you could either have something that you believe answers this question or you could be uh, completely unsure so anything like that you love talking about could obviously come to mind you're learning about or teaching about um in this case of being completely unsure you can ask someone you hang around a lot this can be like a parent friend teacher 
or basically anything that you uh, converse with. So, and that is my last tip on trying to find your passion on, even if you really don't think you have a passion, everyone deep down has a passion and, um, hope this list, hope these, I hope these pointers really help you out with that as well. So that is all that I had for this episode. If you want to hear more, go ahead and uh, follow me on Spotify to listen to the rest of the episodes. Okay, see you next time.